Yeah, okay. This was this was a thing. Okay, just introduce us. So let's get this thing let's out of Let's get this over with. Uh, hey, this is me, my parent, and Liam Neeson. <laughs> uh, abbreviated version. Abbreviated version. Uh, where is he today? I forget. Let's just say he's quote-unquote traveling for business. Ah, he has chosen a better thing to do today. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast where we watch films that have Liam Neeson in them. Uh, we now get to extend this to movies not necessarily starring Liam Neeson. That's true. Hi, uh, my name is Daniel. I'm Carrie. All right, and this week we watched Shining Through, uh, a film I uh, came out a year before Schindler's List, which is both Liam Neeson's basically breakout movie and also another movie about Nazi Germany. So I thought there was at least something going for this movie. Yeah. Uh, 1992, did some looking up, not a terribly great year for film. Uh, a Few Good Men happened. Uh, Aladdin. They, Ala- Aladdin was the only one that I really recognized and had seen before. I mean, there were a few in there. Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood as the director was Best Picture. Haven't seen it. Yeah, but nothing... Nothing that make, made us say, oh, yeah, I totally remember yeah. that movie. Uh, this movie uh, stars, well, really stars Michael Douglas and... Melanie Griffith. Melanie Griffith. Michael Douglas has been in all sorts of things. He directed One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, got an Oscar for that. Or did he just produce that? He produced that one. And uh, he starred in Wall Street, where he got an Academy Award for that. Mm-hmm. Melanie Griffith has been in... All sorts of She was in things. lots of things in the 80s and 90s, and, and I kind of have... For, I'm old enough to have remembered her, I'm but not. I kind of... She now was, I'm remembering why I, she's so forgettable, because she seems like to, a pretty face, but a blase I have to actress. bring this up now, because I'm going to have to talk about it, because it happened so often during the movie. And Mom's not going to know anything about this, because I'm going to talk about the video game Metroid Other M. And for those of you who have played Nintendo games and or like this kind of thing, it was a movie in which they took a silent protagonist and gave her a voice. And this is a very important thing to do. It's like when you have a book series and you make a movie out of it. Like Harry Potter, they had to get it right. And they did not. And the reason why I bring it up is because... That and they're very similar in monotone female voice actress who explains everything she's doing as if we can't see her doing it. Oh, were we supposed to be watching? Yeah. (laughs) It's the kind of of, uh, thing where it makes you want to fall asleep. And in this one, it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't that bad because it was... You know, a little dramatic, but it wasn't an action thing. That video game, it's supposed to be a run around and shoot the bad guys game. And so falling asleep during that is very bad. Huh. But I digress. Uh, the zero to Neeson on this one is an hour. I know. We, I kind of forgot that this was a movie with Liam Neeson in it. So there's a whole lot of setup with a an American spy guy and... A half-German Jew, half-Irish woman whose cousins are in Berlin and speaks German? She was taught German, blah, blah, blah. But I think part of it is that it's, um, it's just that it takes so long to get going. Yeah. Which is old school, and that's fine, but the dialogue didn't support the movie moving so slowly. No. 
they kept on... There was a very abrupt shift when she figured out that he was doing spy stuff. And we kind of looked at each other and then went to watch the movie and then there was a fat guy hanging. Yeah. That was a very <laughs> abrupt shift in the movie. That was... I would just say... Let's just say weird. Alright. So, there's, you know... Michael Douglas has his... Uh, contractually obligated sex scene somewhere in there. Oh my goodness. That was interesting. Why was that in there? Because in the 1940s, I'm pretty sure there was no premarital sex. We, we talked about. No. <laughs> so we've talked about there yeah. was in the 1930s, but not in the 1940s. Yeah, During it, the war, everyone was pure. Yep. It went back to being Derriger again. <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, she they, had. They, they have a, we'll always have Paris or here's looking at you kid moment on an airstrip. And everyone was dressed really very, very stylized 1940s which America. Is fine. Which is fine, but I don't think everybody was that fashionable. No, I think no there was didn't. a lot more sort of plain dress. Yeah. And so the costuming to me was distracting. Yeah. I mean, we had a lackluster performance by the lead female. Which, yes. Because I think that's all she knows how to do. It's okay. She can talk like this and tell you <laughs> that we are having a podcast. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, we're not. That no. would be we make you fall asleep while you're listening to this. But then when but Liam then, Neeson does okay, show up, so she ends up going to Germany on a two-week trial program of being a spy. Right, like that's believable. And if not. she doesn't dis- cancel her account within thirty days, they're going to charge her credit card. I think that's true. And she meets with an old guy who's a curmudgeon. And he locks her in a basement. And he locks her in a basement because the tower is rented out to a different princess. Then a very nice, happy lady shows up who is the daughter of two good friends of Hitler. It's And it's... then she meets Chekhov's pianist. <laughs> because this will be important to the plot later in the film. And then they talk up how she's going to just wow this German dude who Why loves parties. Why do you keep parties. saying Chekhov's pianist? Is that another funny thing that I don't get? Chekhov's pistol. Oh. I Because lo- I, it's Hitler's pianist. Yeah, it is. But no, I, I appreciate the okay. storytelling trope of Chekhov's pistol. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just I've, being the mom. Okay. I was just being the mom there. In case I think I explained it like in podcast one. And <laughs> and then I totally forgot because yeah, I'm old. No. Okay. A, a something brought up in the first act. Or second act, so that it can be used in the third. Okay. I remember now. You'll have to remind me again on another podcast. I'm sure. So, we cut fairly comically from, you'll have to wow him with your cooking, to her being bad at cooking. Like, I expected Gordon Ramsay to kick in the door and say something very mean to her. It was bad cooking. No, it was... It wasn't even... It wasn't even passable cooking. It was, in fact, unsanitary, unsafe cooking. In fact, that's the only time when Liam Neeson had some peril. Spoiler alert, this is going to be low on the scale, but it's not a zero because he had to eat raw dove. Yeah, I think raw poultry is bad for you. Yeah, no, it's going to get you that nasty stuff. One mm-hmm. of them poop diseases. You're going to get sick. Yeah, so... You'll be in the bathroom. He The, the first we see of him, he's being very overly nice, I think is the right way to describe what he's being. He's at a very fancy schmancy party. Yeah. And the guy he's is, trying to make good with all the other Nazi people. But also, he's being overly kind to everyone, including... The host who's a dick. The host who's a dick, and their new cook, who spills on him and is awful at cooking. Just uh, awful. 
Maybe he was having a showing moment. Maybe. But she immediately gets fired in probably the most straightforward way a German person can fire someone, which is talking at them loudly in German while they go get their coat and go to the door. And there he, was no subtitle for that part. I'm a little disappointed. A little bit, but I don't I think he it, was talking gibberish. I, I don't think it was terribly necessary for us to know what was being said there because the implications were good. He even did that thing that you see sometimes in cartoons or uh, uh, things where you kind of go up on your tiptoes when you're doing the final exclamation <laughs> when she closed the door. It was very weird. So she's walking away from this big away house in the dark. By herself in Nazi Germany yeah. during a blackout at night yeah. on a Saturday. Oh yeah, speaking of blackouts, there's at least one point where I finally got to flex my minor bit of film knowledge that I've picked up from actually listening to other podcasts about this from actual filmmakers about uh, day for night shots. Because when she shows up in, uh, and goes to the old guy's house he had locked in the basement, her narration, her bland narration, which is the reason why I know what was supposed to be happening, talks about how it was pitch black because of the blackouts. And the very obvious shadows of trees from bright ass. The only thing that the subtitles were any good for was when she was trying to pretend to have an English accent, and I couldn't tell. But the subtitle said, in an English accent, which was very helpful. Thank you, subtitles. <laughs> or it would say, shouting orders, comma, German. German, yeah. In case we couldn't tell that it was German, you know. And this... people were shouting. Yeah, in Germany. <laughs> Anyways. She gets picked up off the streets by Liam Neeson, who is very nice to her, and... He takes her home! Hires her as a nanny! Like, on the spot! Because she helped care for her eight kids at home. She lied. She, of course she lied. But it worked. Because Liar. now she misses her date with Michael Douglas to go hang out with Liam Neeson. Because she knows, she knows that oh, he right. has information. Well, she has to tell us that she knows these things. Yeah, she had to tell us very carefully in her bland voice. The reason why she's doing bland narration, we didn't bring this up, is the film opens on her as an old person in not terribly convincing old person makeup and no old person hand makeup to speak of, having an interview with the BBC. It's just, so then the whole thing is a narration the, yeah. with her bland voice. There was, bland there, was an inter there was an interesting bit that I did like where she, when she first meets the old guy... And they're speaking in German, and then it cuts back to the interview, and the guy, the interviewer says, are you aware that you're speaking in German? She says, oh, I remember it in German, which I thought was at least a little interesting. Right, but we don't have very many of those during We don't have very many interesting bits. So, uh, she gets figured out that she's there because this Michael Douglas is a spy and gets footage of her uh, hailing Hitler when he comes through town. Through Podunk, where through, she lives with Liam Neeson. Yeah. Okay, so then he shows up in Germany to try and get her out. He's white knighting her. And she says, no, I can get... You no, know, they found my cousins, and I need to get them out. And he says, we've well, got 24 hours. And I, then, I think these people have trouble with time. It's... She's a terrible spy. She's <laughs> just awful. Well, I think that's the whole premise, is that she wasn't a spy. She and wasn't. So she no. lived this charmed life, and she fell into spydom and was so successful. Spydom, indeed. Uh. <laughs> and then she was 
you know. All right. So she slept with her boss, and then she, she became slept a spy. with at least one of her bosses. We don't know if she slept with Liam Neeson. We assume I, so. No, I don't think so because they were going to, and then bad things happened. I think uh, I think he was going to sleep with her, but then we she haven't was even gotten we haven't him. even gotten there yet because we have to get to. She's the ward of his two kids, and well, she she's takes not the ward. She's the the nanny matron. Yeah, but. She takes them to the zoo, and we're going to put massive finger quotes around it, because she says she we're going to the zoo, and instead takes them to Jew Basement 101 to find her cousins. And these kids, one of which is in Hitler's youth... Yeah, he's in the youth army. Don't turn her in, making them bad kids, except good kids. Whatever. We're all confused And now. then they're in the middle of the bombing of Berlin, because we've moved to that point in the war... Which means that it's mostly over? When did the bombing happen vis-a-vis oh, the end of the war? Honey, I don't know. You weren't alive back then. Uh, I wasn't, and I haven't studied a lot of World War We'd II. have to call up Grandpa. We would. Okay. Not doing that. And then the least World War Two sentence ever escaped my lips. <laughs> because I said, that zebra looks surprisingly calm. Oh. Because there was a... It got out of... The zoo got bombed. But and no zebras were hurt in the making of this movie. No, it would... I, the, the only animal that escaped the zoo was in our purview... A zebra. <laughs> and the children saw it and they were so excited to see this zebra, you know, with the burning buildings behind it. And the zebra just kind of walked into frame, turned around, and walked out. Not galloped down the street in pants-shitting terror because it's being bombed. I think that... That must have been green screen. And it was or so it, weird that there was only no, it was one probably just, animal. Probably just well-trained. They're like, all right, we got our zebra trainer. He's the lowest bidder. We couldn't get the lion, the tiger, or the bear tamer. Oh, my. <laughs> and the children did not, you know, the children had been along on her various spy missions. Because they already went to go get a fish. To the fishmonger. They went two hours by bus to get fish so she could turn in a secret message, which she bungled. And then they didn't tell their dad. But children tell everything. This is the problem. You can't be a spy around children yeah. because children blab. I mean, I'm I'm getting Sound of Music flashbacks mildly. Was there spy stuff there or were they just getting out of the country for fun? What was Sound of Music about? Because they were, the, the Von Trapps were having to leave the country no, they, for reasons. No, they, they wanted to leave the country, but, but because Germany had invaded Austria, all Austrian... Military personnel oh, yeah, were right. to become uh, uh, German military personnel, and he didn't want and to do that. He didn't want to do yeah, that. Okay. So then, that's how. That's why they. But needed the kids to were on board with that plan, and the nanny was. You know, he fell in love with his nanny. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. This is weird. Okay. But Anyways, Liam Neeson wasn't yeah. in that one. No, he wasn't. Uh, so the kids come back from hanging out in Jew basement with the zebra, and the zebra wasn't in the basement. Instead of turning her in, they casually mention their dad's secret basement. Yeah. Oh, they, dad. They turn if him in if instead. If they're going to be bombing, we could go to your secret basement. And he doesn't shush them or anything. He says, yes, yes, the one in the cellar. In fact, if you go downstairs, you could visit it right now. And she looks at her watch, and she's got an hour, and she goes, eh, I've got time. I'm going to go find his secret basement. This is so weird. So she goes down to his secret basement, and the walls of the basement are old brick. Concrete. Got high windows. Well, they look like old brick. Well, they're not, but they're not small like bricks. They're bigger like no, no, no. The, concrete most mason of the, units. Most of the wall is. 
But there's this really, really conspicuous, you know, small room built in this room with large concrete bricks instead. Where there's half the windows on one side, half's on the other. Right, the wall wall bisects the window. Yeah, and it's... I mean, you'd know it if you ever walk into a room and one of the corners is, like, inward instead of outward. And you go, oh, there's a room there. It's really obvious. And there is exactly one thing door-shaped leaning against this, you know, obviously fake wall. So she moves that. And then there's a lock on the door behind it. So see, she reaches above the mantle of the secret door and there's a key there. Because we have to be told everything. <laughs> we skip to the end. And inside it Put is... Put me out of my wait, misery. Okay, so... Duh. She decides now was running time. But before she can decide that... Well, he no, takes no, no, her no. to the opera. Yeah, takes her to the opera. In his w- dead wife's In clothes. In his dead wife's clothes. And then Chekhov's pianist shows up. Because I called it. And she gets recognized by this famous lady. Yeah. And that totally gives away the plan. They go home, and she's all worried. And she sees him go upstairs and get out his peanut, I mean, gun. (laughs) He gets out his his gun, puts the children to bed, and then immediately goes for the gun. At which point she immediately goes for her microfilm. She gets for her microfilm. I will run away in my white dress and my red cape. It'll be, I'll be so camouflaged as I run into the city through the darkness at night, but there's lights shining on my white dress. This narration is better than her narration. (laughs) And so she goes back to uh, the... Girlfriend's apartment. The the girlfriend's apartment, the one with the famous parents. And she's like, all right, we're safe. We're going to figure out what to do. Hey, where's that thing you found? Oh, are you alone? Yes. Oh, I put it over in the phone booth outside your house. Okay. So famous girlfriend goes out and she thinks, wait a minute, she's been gone for longer than 10 seconds. I should go check on her. Oh no, she's making a phone call. Oh no, there's all kinds of Nazi uniforms in girlfriend's closet. There's man shoes here. Oh no, girlfriend is really, you know, a Nazi. Oh no. All right, so... Girlfriend comes back with... A gun. A gun. It's a cute gun. It's it's a a woman's gun. It's got a problem. Small for dainty hands. Uh, She very convincingly acts like she's never held a gun before and is really concerned about having to fire it at all. Which I which I, I appreciate. I think it's the best acting that happens in this film. I don't know. I thought Liam Neeson was... was he was very convincing. calm and normal this entire movie. He did a very good job. He did good. Uh, so they have a girl fight, which consists of shooting through a door, being sorry about it, stabbing someone in an arm, and then with wrestling a over... With a scissor. and then wrestling over a gun. Uh, at which point she fakes falling out a window... All the Nazis, the tra- a million Nazis come. A million Nazis come, think she went out the window, every single one of them leaves, then she falls down the garbage chute. Laundry Not the chute. laundry chute. Yeah, it's alright. Which didn't is go to a the really, compactor. really large laundry chute. I don't think any laundry chute we've ever had has been big enough for, for a person. an adult. Well, it's it's the movies. People can always fit in the air vents. Uh, and you know what? We never get to see Liam Neeson again. Nope, he's gone. He's uh, totally gone. Yeah, because we have to wrap up the Michael Douglas plotline. Yeah, let's just let's just just end it now. Okay, uh, people get shot, but they're fine. The end. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Seriously, they like have a they, they have a slow motion oh. death scene for the main actor in the film, followed by monotonous narration of how he was totally fine. Oh my gosh! Like, oh, put me uh, out of my misery. Uh, okay, we're so sorry. Okay, <laughs> on Amazon Prime Video, this has four and a half stars, and I want to talk to each and every one of the people that rated this film. What are, what if it was one person that said it was a four, one person that said it was a five, and all the other people that have watched it have thought it was garbage and it wasn't even worth their time to rate it. So it therefore, like it's four point five stars. Oh, what, I didn't look. Whatever. I was just giving him the benefit of the mathematical okay. doubt. Don't watch this movie, kids. Wait a year and watch Schindler's List instead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one eventually. It might be next week just to cleanse our palate. Oh, I don't know. We have to wait till Patrick's home. That's yeah, we for definitely sure. need everybody all hands on deck for that one Uh, yeah I'm wrapped up in my blanket I feel like I'm in a fetal position trying to cope with this movie I can't believe you weren't drinking during this one this one seemed like a twofer oh I need to get up early tomorrow so I purposed myself to not drink wine this probably would have been a three glass oh yeah no this one wasn't great (laughs) Uh, alright peril scale it's not a zero because he has to eat raw dove but it's but he didn't eat it. He, he said he laughed at the host for eating the whole thing. He did. He was put in the position where he had to handle the danger of it. So it's less than a one. It's a point five. It is. It's because he's never in. I mean, despite he's a Nazi, but he's also in Germany. The most trouble I think he's ever in is when he thinks that she's with the Gestapo. Right, right. And has been investigating him to prove that he's loyal. And he does so in a calm, collected manner, not a monotonous manner. Right. His character is believable. He's very believable as I think a the man Michael Douglas the character line. also pretty fine job. Yeah. Liam Neeson, I mean he was third billing on this movie. Yeah. I really thought that I was gonna see more of him. Yeah, no. I think with being third billing mm. But he's in easily a quarter of this movie. Oh, not even that. Not even. I mean, that. the concept of him is in a quarter of this movie. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Point five on this one. Don't do it, kids. Yes, you can skip this one. All right. Tune in next week when we have a better movie. Although well, I can't maybe. even. I can't even promise that. There's still some stinkers on this list. <laughs> oh, okay. Funny. Bye. Bye.